heavy word. Last Sunday we dealt with weight. Today we're going to deal with sin. And our main text today is Hebrews 12 and 1. I'm just going to be there. But before we go there, I want you to look back at the previous chapter, the 11th chapter. Starting at the 29th verse, and this is the wall or the hall, some people call it different things, but of faith, amen, where there's people who have trusted in God and believed in God before us. Let's read now Hebrews 11, 29. In 40, through 40. The, the word of God reads, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians assigned to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I more say? For the time should fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging. Yea, moreover, the, of bonds of, impri- of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. Mm. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains. Whew, I know about that and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. Wow. That's heavy. Amen? And now, with that background, that set up, The 11th chapter, let's go into our main text today. Turn the page or go to the next chapter. Hebrews 12 and 1, once again. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Here we go. And the sin, which doth so easily Beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen? Now, last week, we talked, as I said again, about losing the weight so that you can run. Amen? You remember that? And the title of this message this week is 
drop the sin. Lose the weight, drop the sin. Amen? All right. Hebrews 12 and 1. Again, just a little bit of review, but not too much. Wherefore, seeing, realizing, understanding, amen, that we are surrounded, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Remember I said the witnesses are not people that are necessarily witnesses of a crime, but they testify to something. Amen. Witnesses uh, that you are not alone, realizing, seeing, understanding, being aware of the fact that you are not alone and that others have gone before you who trusted God. Amen. They had to have faith. And in spite of what they were facing, so do we. Amen. Let me say this to you, saints. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's always going to be something you're praying for. Always going to be something that you're waiting for. Always going to be something that you need need from God. Amen? Always something that you're going to have to face. Something that you're praying about. Something that we're going to have to trust in God for. No one escapes that. No Christian escapes that. Amen? There will always be times of crisis. Amen? Uh, There will always be generations that go through crises. Amen? There will be times when you're feeling weak. And there will be times, there will be times, there shall be times, there must be times, amen, in order for your faith to be tested, where you're going to have to be tested and tried, amen? But the cloud of witnesses, those who testify to this undeniable truth that we're seeing here, is that it is your faith, if that's the thing that keeps you running, Amen? It's your faith that that keeps you on your feet. It's your faith in God, your trust in God that keeps you on the track. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So, with all these things coming at you by default, just because you are a human being on this planet, It just makes sense to lose the weight. Amen, if you're running, right? Uh, Those things that make you heavy, those things that slow you down, as I said last week, that keep keep you from getting a good pace. Amen? Those things that are not necessarily sins that are condemned in the Bible. Amen? But it's just not wise to carry them while you're running. All things are lawful but not expedient. Amen. You remember that, right? Amen. But if weights can slow you down, then sin can just flat out stop you from running, period. Amen. So the word says, wherefore, seeing, realizing, understanding that we are compassed about, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, surrounded by so many folks that can testify to the truth about running with faith. Amen? Understanding that, the word says, let us lay aside every weight, as we just went through, and the sin which doth so easily beset us. (laughs) Weights that can get to you and hang on you, and sin that so easily besets us. Amen? Now, I don't want to do what I used to do when I first started preaching. I've been preaching, you know, as a senior pastor for over 10 years now. 
And I don't want to do what I used to do. I used to get up here and, and, and try to point out everybody's individual sin and then do these elaborate, you know, illustrations <laughs> on each and every one that I pointed out. And then it made some folks feel comfortable because their sin didn't get on the list that week. <laughs> they walked out. I was church. Church was great. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> I mean, it's quiet saying, you know, I just, I'm just on fire for God and, and been convicted about nothing. Amen. So I'm not going to do that this week. Instead, I'm going to give you some general categories and then let you go through your Bible yourself. <laughs> Amen. Because let's be honest, you know what you're doing. You know what you've done. And if you've been on the planet for any time, <laughs> you know certain things are wrong. Yeah. Amen? My children are growing up in the Word. We train up the child in the way that this should go. You know what I mean? And they even understand, you know, that there's just some things we just don't do. On top of that, there, we have this built-in conscience that the Lord has given every human being. Yeah. Amen? Unless it's just been completely seared and torn up and smashed to pieces and burnt, set on fire. <laughs> but the bottom line is there's just some things you just know you're not supposed to do. I use the example all the time. If I rob a bank, I don't just go in there and tell everybody I robbed the bank. Why? Because I know it's wrong. Especially if I'm trying to get away with it. Amen? I know it's wrong. I don't be like, it was me. <laughs> right? Because I know it's wrong. Amen. All right. So here's the general categories. Sins such as greed, pride, Woo, that's a sneaky one, unrighteous anger, be angry and sin not, right? Lust, which can be broken down to, you know, in this sense, fornication, adultery, you know, sleeping with somebody ain't your husband and wife by biblical standards of man and wife being together. Amen? Got to say that nowadays. Gossiping. Lying. You know, being dishonest. Cheating. Amen? Stealing. Coveting. Amen? Laziness. Woohoo. Oh, there it is. Weights will slow you down and slow down your pace, but sin will stop you in your tracks. How? These things will stop you from running because there's a chain that gets around your neck. And it's anchored to these things that got a hold of you and it won't let you go. So weights can, you can get some kind of a pace, but sin is like, you ain't going nowhere. It's got you. And it won't let go. Amen? You're going to need a key to get out. But before we go into this word sin too deep, let me just define the terms and hope you got your Bible out and you see it on the screen here or behind me. I want to, I want to define the surrounding terms. Okay? Because we're going to hit this word sin again a little bit more. But I want to you know, give you an understanding of what's happening and how these other words help us to understand what he's talking about here. Amen? The writer of Hebrews. The sin, is it says here, which doth so easily beset us. You see that in your word? Amen? Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. That word besetting, something that besets you is like standing well around, 
always near you or at hand or easily accessible to you, uh, readily occurring. It's, it's just everywhere you go. It's sin that so easily gets you wrapped up. Amen? Amen. You ever notice when you're trying to go on a diet, uh, it seems like there's a picture of food on every billboard? You drive down the street, it's like McDonald's, Jack in a Box, Pizza Hut. KFC, get you a 20-piece for yourself. <laughs> it's just everywhere. You want to stop drinking, you know? Then there's a picture of somebody with vodka, drinking vodka, or Bud Light, amen? Everywhere you go, there's a liquor store in, in every corner, you know, in some neighborhoods. Amen? It's my political moment. I'm going to leave that alone. When you want to stop watching porn, for people that may still do that, there's pictures of people, you know, in magazines. <laughs> you go to the grocery store. You're in your, you know, you're just getting your food. You want to check out. You turn to the side. They've got magazines. Folks that couldn't find the rest of their outfit. And they took a picture of them. Put them on the first page. And you're sitting there trying to abstain from sin. Things you don't want to get into. But there's sin that so easily besets us. You watch a football game. <laughs> you get all three. There's somebody holding some liquor, eating a piece of chicken. <laughs> and the young folks that are doing a half-dressed. It doesn't take long. It's everywhere. You get out your house and you realize that sin is just there. Amen? The sin and the temptation is ready for you the moment you wake up. All you got to do is leave your home or turn on your TV. It's all there. Amen? And yet, the believer is told <laughs> to run the race that is set before them in the midst of all that. My goodness. To let go of the sin when you're surrounded by it. You ever thought about that? It's easily accessible. It's right there. Amen. Amen. I used to have to go when I was younger, and I was caught up in doing the wrong thing, and I was sacked with a certain sin of lust. You had to go to a certain store, go in the back room and see something that you shouldn't see. Now you got it on your phone. You know, it's just a moment, you know. You got to guard your phone. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just there. You know? You go over to your cousin's house, you tell them you stop drinking, you know, and you don't want to do that anymore, and they, what they do? Oh, praise the Lord, I'm good, good for you. And they just pour some vodka right in your face. It's, it, that's what it is. It's, it's just there. Amen? We're told to run this race that is set before us. The race, let me just define terms. We'll get back to the sin word. The race is generally, <laughs> wow, any struggle or any contest or battle where there is pain and agony and pressing. Amen? That's the race. Amen? The race that we are described to run here or, or God is telling us to run here, it's a pressing. You're pressing against the current. You're pressing against the culture. You're racing against where everything that's going on. You're running this race, pressing, pushing against it. And God is saying, run, run, run. Amen? That's what, the, that's what the Spirit is telling us. 
And then he's saying, run the race, the race with patience. As I said last week, that word means endurance. Amen? Meaning it's not a sprint. This is not a quick run. It's a long test of endurance. To stay in the race, you're going to have to have a mindset to stay. This requires a made-up mind. It's an endurance race. It's not like you get in and you run, you kind of quick, you know, get your little Gatorade and sit down, get Gatorade and sit down. No, it's not that kind of a race. It's the kind of race where it's a long race. This race is going on from the time you enter into the kingdom until the time you leave here. Amen? It's a long race. So it's not a sprint. You can't run too fast. <laughs> Amen? You can't run with a bunch of weights on you. You got to lose, lose the sin. It's a race that you're going to have to have a mindset. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this race. It's a mindset. It, it requires that you have what old folks used to say. I said it before. I'll say it again. A made-up mind. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says this. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Amen? Paul is saying, and then he says this, so run to win. Fix your mind. You come there to win. People don't enter the race to just show up and look like a runner. They enter the race because, watch this, they believe that they can win. Remember I said that. We're coming back to that. So back to Hebrews 12 and 1. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Now, this word sin, when we think of this word sin in, con- in this 12 chapter, in context of the chapter it's connected to that we just read, chapter 11, Uh, where we see the wall or the hall of faith, then the opposite of faith here, if you get the connection, the opposite of faith would be doubt or faithlessness. You catch that? If you read it in context, generally, they had faith, they pressed through it, we need to press through it, lay aside the weights, and drop the sin that so easily besets us, not just in category, but underneath every sin, saints, at its core. It's not just the attitude of pride that comes with it. Underneath every sin at its core is unbelief. What are you saying? Unbelief in what God is promising. Mm. It's doubting God. Mm-hmm. God says you can, and then you decide to believe that you just can't. That is the sin of unbelief. Simple as that. We're going to go in to Canaan, and we're going to take the city. And they came back with an evil report, and they said, we can't. <laughs> sin. You hear it? Okay. All right, you cannot run this Christian race doubting God and having no confidence in his promises. Woo, I'm going to say that again. 
You cannot run the Christian race doubting God and having no confidence in his promises. The racers don't just show up with their outfit on and say, look at my new outfit that I'm wearing and my new Nikes I'm wearing. No, no, they don't say, they're not, they're not, they're not there just to say that they look like a runner. They believe they can win. Amen? Are you hearing me, saints? Belief is a powerful thing. Why? Because whatever you believe, that's what you'll do. You'll act out of what you believe. I would never forget when I first had this concept, this, this realization of what that really means and what that looks like. I was in my uh, New Jersey, uh, be humble, Jamie, apartment. <laughs> I was in my New Jersey apartment, and I turned on the TV. It was September 11th, 2001. I'll never forget it. New, New York was just a bridge away. I could look out of my window on my patio and see the bridge and see what's happening in New York. And I turned on my TV because I couldn't believe it. I was like, this can't be true. The towers were on fire. I said, no. So I, I was like, is this a movie? So I go out on my patio and I look and it's showing up. The towers were on fire. I said, well, my goodness. And it dawned on me. I said, I said, I can't believe this is happening. But I asked the question. I said, what would make a person take a plane and fly them into a building with thousands of people in them? Who does that? What kind of craziness is that? And then it dawned on me. These people believed what someone told them. They believed that they would be rewarded for doing something like that. Belief is very powerful. It's one of the most powerful forces we know. Well, I thought love is. Yes, 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 that's true. But belief will get you moving. These folks believed something. They got on a plane and they carried out their belief all the way to the end. Amen? You will act out of what you believe. Are you hearing me? Amen. Belief is powerful. So now let's deal with this sin word. The sin of doubt by using another passage. The wall of faith. Drop the weight. The sin of doubt. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Romans 6, 1 through 14. I'm going to take my time with this because I want you to see this. Because I don't want you to think that I'm just making a connection here that's not in the Bible. It's actually here. I'm going to use the word of God to explain the sin of unbelief and what it can do. Amen? It will be detrimental to your running if you don't believe the promises of, the promises of God. Amen? All right. Romans 6, 1 through 14. Romans 6, 1 through 14, if we get that far. Paul is writing to the Romans, and he's saying this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> Verse 2, God forbid. This grace that we're living in now, this grace that we are connected to because Jesus Christ has died for our sins, he's washed our sins away, past, present, and future, we are out of the woods. We are out of trouble. We are 
cleared. We are totally forgiven. And some people would say, well, now that I'm totally forgiven, <laughs> it's on now. And they get out there and destroy themselves because they miss the truth of what God is really saying. Amen? I've seen this happen. So he says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Watch this, people. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then he says this in verse 3. Know ye not? Know ye not what? In other words, don't you know? Don't you believe this? What does he want us to believe? That so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. We're dead to sin. How can we live any longer in it? Right? He's saying so many of us are baptized. Baptizo. Amen? Baptized into the death of Jesus. What are you saying? Baptized means, you kind of like when a vegetable that is fully submerged in a solution, they call it pickling. Amen? The vegetable used to be just a vegetable. But now it's a pickle. There's been a permanent change to the vegetable. Amen? Are you, are you seeing where I'm going? If you go to the store and you ask for a vegetable and then you ask for a pickle, you will actually get charged for two different things. One of them is no longer a vegetable. There's been a permanent change. Amen? You would technically have two different items. One will be what a vegetable tastes like, but the pickle tastes very different than it used to. Oh, Amen. Amen. It's something that looks the same. All humans look the same, but when you uh, experience a Christian, there ought to be a difference. Amen. Why? We taste different than we used to. We, <laughs> we decide different than we used to. We, we make decisions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? <laughs> because there's been a permanent change. The change is permanent. So to run well, saints of God, You've got to believe this. I'm baptized into his death. I cannot be going around getting into sin. Why? Because how can those of us who are dead to sin live any longer in it? I'm a pickle now. Are you hearing me? I know I look like the other guy, but that's... <laughs> There's been a change, somebody. Woo! You need to hear this. Verse 4. To run well, you're going to have to believe it. Therefore, we were buried with him in baptism into death. Woo! That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Are you seeing this? But you heard that, but do you believe that? Will you take that all the way to the end? The sin of unbelief will cause you to not run well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't tell yourself that that's just what I do. That's, I just can't help it. I don't know. That's just the way I am. No, 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 no. Don't just sit on the track with your arms folded. Get up and run. Uh, but if you got a chain on you, you ain't going nowhere. Why? Because you don't have the key. What's the key? You got to believe what God is saying. You got, oh, it gets, it gets worse. Come on, come on. Watch this. Watch this. For if we have been planted together, verse 5 says, in the likeness of his death, <laughs> we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. 
again, but to run well, you're going to have to believe that. Are you seeing? Knowing this, seeing this, don't you believe? Don't you already understand this? Verse 6, uh-huh, that our old man is right now, at this moment, crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. I don't have to serve sin. I got a new master. Are you seeing that? But no, 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 watch this. You could be on the track and hear that, but unless you believe that, you ain't going to run. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. All right. Verse 7. For he that is right now dead is also free. What? Free from sin. Woo! What? I'm freed from it? Do you believe that? I'm telling you, saints, this is my testimony. Whenever sin lurks around the corner, there's something I tell myself. God forbid, Jamie. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's the old me. There's been a permanent change. I'm not connected to that anymore. I don't have to serve that anymore. The chain has been broken. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. Verse 8. Knowing if we be dead in Christ, we believe, there it is, that we should also live with him. Because we are in Christ, since Christ died and rose from the dead, we believe that when we die, we shall rise from the dead and we will live with him forever. All right. Now, this is when it kicks into another gear. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. I want you to underline that part right there, that word dominion. Because we're going to tackle that in just a minute, in just a few verses down. All right? Death hath no more dominion over him. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Amen? Okay. But in order to, to run well, you're going to have to believe that. Now, what's the connection? Verse 11 kind of explains it. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead. Indeed to sin. Amen? Definitely to sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see yourself a certain way. You believe certain things about yourself. You tell yourself certain things. Why? Because they're true. And if you listen to yourself and not the word of God, amen, you'll be in a situation when you're on the track and you cannot get it anywhere. You can't run unless you believe these things. Amen? So you consider yourself, you reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive Unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What does that do? When you believe that thing, you put it in action. Verse 12. So let not sin, therefore, keyword, reign. Dominion, reign. Have domination, reign in your motor body that you shall obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your, ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, as those that are alive from the dead, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. If you're running a race, if you're running a race and you believe at the beginning of that race that you can't finish that race, that you're not going to be fast enough, that you're not going to make it, that you're going to peter out in the middle somewhere, then you lose that race even before you get started. Are you hearing me, saints? You defeat yourself in your mind long before you defeat yourself in your body. 
Are you hearing me, saints? If you're going to run well, you're going to have to trust the promises of God. You're going to have to believe. Amen? What's the sense of running the race if you already think you're going to lose? Well, I dressed up. I'm here. Hey. What's, what's, what's popping? That's good. Yeah, we're going to run this race. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, I, I look good. Got a lot of Christians looking the part. But the rubber meets the road when it comes down to where their faith is. Do they trust God? Do they believe what God says about them? Huh? Because that makes a difference between whether or not you are going to run in a way that's efficient or you're going to be stuck there with a chain in your neck. Are you hearing me, saints? Amen. All right. Last verse. For sin woo, shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. That second part, we'll deal with that later, because that's going to be my beeline straight into Galatians 5 when I get back, okay? For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have. Are you seeing this? This is the promise that you have to believe about God and what he's saying. Sin shall not have dominion over you. This is a promise from God. Do you believe him? Or do you doubt him? That's where it comes from. You cannot run well doubting the promises of God. You're going to have to decide and make up your mind. I believe that this is true. I believe that he's living in me. I believe that he is more, that greater is he that is in me. That he is in the world. I believe I am the righteousness of God. I believe I've been justified. I believe I am being sanctified. I believe I am the holiness of God. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's through Jesus Christ. That's how this is possible. Don't think that this is just what you do. This is just the way I've been this way all my life. My mama was this way. We just curse. When you run into me, you just go run into some letters. And I'm going to put them together in a paragraph because that's just what we do. This is just how I react. When I get, don't come for me. You know me and my family. God forbid that kind of attitude. God forbid that kind of perspective. God forbid that kind of uh, mentality. God forbid that kind of belief system. It's not true. Amen. Your get-out-of-jail-free card is the promises of God and whether or not you believe them. Some of you are looking at me and you're struggling with this, I know. But the truth is, is if you keep telling yourself <laughs> what God says, eventually you're going to do what God says. Amen? Amen. This is how you get the chain unlocked off your neck. What must we do? Thank you, Holy Spirit, to do the works of God. Jesus said, your works is to believe. <laughs> you don't get nowhere without believing in the one that God has sent. You, it starts with faith. Amen? Amen. True Christians don't just sit on the track with a running outfit. They don't do that with a slice of pizza in their mouth and and a chicken wing in, the other, in one hand and a cell phone in the other hand watching all kinds of flicks Netflix and caught up in flicks you caught up in the Netflix and all other kind of flicks 
That's not what you do. Amen? That's not what a true Christian does. A Christian's not going to sit there and just wallow in that. Oh, come on. You know what he's doing here? You know what Paul is doing? He's clearing up the excuses. He's clearing up the gray areas. Amen? Oh, come on, somebody. Hebrews 12 and 1 says this. You run the race that is set before you. Amen? You see that at the end of the verse? You run the race that is set before you. The life that I used to live is now over. I don't tell God what my life is going to be like. I don't tell God what I'm going to do with my body. I don't tell God what I'm going to do with my attitude. I don't tell God what I'm going to do with my hands. I don't tell God what I'm going to do with my mouth. Huh? The new life that God has given me has been set before me. You no longer run your life. You run for him. Amen? When you race motor cars, there's a thing called the Indy 500. Anybody heard about that? Amen. It's a very long race. It's really a test of endurance. It's about cars being built well enough and strong enough, put together enough to get to the finish line because the track is grueling. Amen? Amen? So they, they run the race to endure. Amen? In a race, what you do is you run across something called a pit stop. And you ever heard of that? Huh? Where the, they, the, the cars pull in for a minute and they get repaired and they get back into the race. Amen? They don't stay at the pit stop <laughs> for days. No, you, you get an oil change. You change the tire. <laughs> you, you do a little bit. You get the wrench out and you, you tune up a little bit. And the idea is that there's a huge team comes out there and they quickly get you back together. Why? So you can get in the race. Why? Because a, a car that's at the pit stop for days has automatically disqualified itself. Huh? There's no such thing as a race car that's in the pit stop for days and months and years and is still in the race. Amen. Just like there's no such thing as a Christian that's in sin for days and months and years and they're still in a race. You're not in the race anymore. Let's have a reality check here. I know you got your choir robe on, but if you're sitting up in sin... Living in sin, day after day, year after year, month after month, making excuses for yourself. You're not in the race. Oh. Why is this guy preaching like this? For sin shall not have. I love that. I can't get past that. It shall not have dominion over you. This is a promise of God. What do you tell yourself in that moment when sin comes knocking at your door? That's the, that's the question. That's the difference between the key that sets you free and the chain that keeps you stuck. Amen? Well, pastor, some people, you know, they have more faith in me. Some people, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm saved, but you know, some folks are just really saved. <laughs> Hold that point. I, I, I got to say this quote by, by Spurgeon. I'm going to come right back to that. 
Now, now my friend, this is what Spurgeon says. Sin shall not have dominion over you. He says this. Now, my dear friend, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, he said this. I do not say that you are no Christian because you occasionally forget or lose heart. But I do say that if sin reigns over you and you tell me that you cannot help sinning, then you cannot be an heir of heaven. Now that clears it up. For sin, if sin, he said, for if sin is your master, then Christ is not your master. I didn't say it, but ain't that the truth? Huh? I'm just going to keep doing this. God understands. He understands exactly where you are. The question is, do you understand? Amen? Spurgeon goes on to say this. He said, if sin reigns in your spirit and fashions and rules your character, there cannot be a child of God in in the midst. Because sin... He says this about this verse, cannot have dominion over the man whom God has brought into his kingdom of grace. There is a difference, people. He's saying you cannot be brought into the kingdom of grace and have sin ruling and reigning your life. You may have a slip up. You may be on the track and go, whoop, and fall. But the true Christian is going to get up. Are you hearing me? They're not going to sit there and wallow in it and pull out the cell phone and the chicken and pizza and, <laughs> and call it a day while everybody just passing them by. No, that's not the true Christian. There's something in us that causes us to run to the end. The, the other part of this verse says, looking unto Jesus, the author and efficient finisher of our faith. What did he do? Did he get to the cross and say, let me pull out my cell phone? Let me just chill right here. No, he went all the way through. All the way through the end. Did he not? He's our example. Amen? It's Christ that is our example. Now, let me go back to it. Sin shall not dominate the believer. And some of us believe that sister so-and-so has got an extra special uh, outpouring of holy juice in the water when they got baptized. Well, you know, Bishop so-and-so baptized her. That's why she came out that way. Or they got the holy oil. They they had some oil behind the pulpit and they just did a few more squirts in the water when they got baptized. That's why they live the way they live and I don't. They should have given me more oil. Let me give you Bishop Hawkins' scripture right here. 2 Peter 1 and 1. For all of you to think that somebody is running around with more holiness than you and you say, (laughs) <laughs> Watch this. First Peter one and one, uh, second Peter one and one. Second Peter one and one. You got it? There we go. Simon Peter. Which means, because he called himself Simon and Peter, that he knows that old Simon is still there. Peter is the name that Jesus gave him, which means you are a rock. Petros. Amen. And he said, the gates of hell should not prevail against. Amen? But we're saying basically here, Simon Peter says, I know he's there. I know there's potential. But I'm Peter in my mind. (laughs) You hear me? Peter, a servant 
and an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is what the letter is written to. To them that have obtained, like precious faith with us. Did you catch that? Did you, did that go over your heads? Like precious faith with us. Huh? Huh? Through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. What he's saying here is the truth is, is we have the same like precious faith as the prophets. The same like precious faith as Abraham. The same like precious faith as Rahab and uh, David. Huh? The same like precious faith as Isaiah. Huh? The same like precious faith as the apostles, the disciples that hung out with Jesus. Huh? We have the same precious faith as the great cloud of witnesses. Are you seeing this? Amen. All the people that have gone before us, we have the same faith. So when the enemy tries to trick you into believing that there's something special about sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, and, 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 and about the others you see around us that, that are sitting next to you on your pew that you think got one up on you because of some different version of, of salvation, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You say they saved, same Jesus. Same Jesus living in you, same Jesus living in them. Are you hearing me? Amen. We have the same. Precious faith. Amen. And it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't get it because we prayed more for it. We didn't get it because, you know, we, 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 we believe more than the other Christian. No, we didn't get it because we read more scriptures than the other Christian, even though after this, it does say add to your faith. There's a new part in this. But the faith that is that causes regeneration. Did you believe or not? Do you trust the promises of God or not? Are you believing in God or are you doubting God? That's it. Amen. So here's the point, and I'm done. You cannot run well in this Christian race with any efficiency doubting the promises of God. Your sin, whatever category we mention, it comes down to one common denominator. Do I believe God or do I doubt God? And you will run or be chained up depending on what you decide about what the promises of God are saying. Is this, is he talking to me? Me? Because see, here's the thing. That comparing demon, <laughs> it'll mess you up. Huh? You look at somebody else and be like, well, I just, don't you know them folks struggle just like you? <laughs> I got pastors and preachers that have mega churches that I admire, that have been, you know, stand up guys and, and they preach the word of God and, and they do, it seems like everything above board. And then every now and then they blow me away and say, you know what? I don't feel like reading my Bible today. I didn't, you know, yesterday, I, this week, I had me, you, okay, in your church. Your pastor this week had a moment where I didn't catch my thought before I said something. And I said something incredibly mean on the phone. 
I lost it for a minute. Then I had to go back at the end of the conversation and apologize before they got off the phone because the Holy Spirit was like, ah, 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 ah. that's not who you are, Jamie. You're pickled now. I had to remind myself of who I was. Before I got off that phone, I was walking back. I was up off the floor, back to running. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Huh? I didn't even let the pride get in there because the pride would have had me stuck. No, no, we're going to get this chain off my neck and I'm going to run. I'm going to confess my sin huh? to one to another that I may be healed. <laughs> and I'm running back again. I, did I stay there? No. Why? Because I don't believe I'm supposed to be there. That's not who I am anymore. So here it is. Let's wrap it up. You can't run well doubting God's promises. Let's put it all together. Lose the weight. Drop the sin. Believe God. Run your race. You got it? Lose the weight. Too much heaviness. I can't run well. I got too much on me. Amen? It's not necessarily sinful, but it's not wise for me to carry all this. I said it last week. Even legalism can be a weight if, if, if you're carrying your own righteousness and Jesus is not carrying it, then guess what that is? That's a weight. Amen? I got to do everything just right. <laughs> no, no, that's legalism. I got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to put that on Jesus. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, which means you got to do this with the Holy Spirit. Huh? Yoked up with Jesus. <laughs> Amen? So that can become a weight. And then the stuff that you know, and you know what you're doing. We know what we be doing. That stuff, drop it. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you who you really are. Believe the promises of God. Get up off the track. Drop that stuff and run. Amen? I'm through. <laughs>